0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 94 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Omega Fields, the world's best omega-3 supplements for horses. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. Today, we have Brook USA and Brooke Animal Welfare Global Ambassadorship, represented in two accomplished public figures. That'd be Hannah and Monty. This is Debbie Lauks and you're listening to The Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Coach Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Greetings. How are you doing? All the way over in Ocala, Florida. Good. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. We are eagerly awaiting the arrival of September when the weather will yeah. start to cool off a little bit. Oh, yeah. You're melting back <laughs> in Florida. I know. Are you able to,
1: are you getting out on the trail? Are you able to get outside and ride and do that thing out there? The well,
2: I did. It wasn't easy because this time of year, it's either hot and sweltering or pouring down rain. But I did manage oh. to get out. Yeah, <laughs> I did manage to get out and ride a little bit and uh, actually took Nigel out on a little road trip last weekend. How's that going? Good. Okay. You mean threw him in a trailer and went somewhere? We threw him in a trailer and we went somewhere. We went out to okay. a Hunter Pace event, which is one of my favorite things to do.
1: Oh, fun. Yeah. And
2: unlike the last time we when we went out, which was a total drama mess,
1: mm. uh,
2: this was a highly successful outing. Uh, we had a lot of new things happening. For the first time, I had to Load Nigel up by himself and go and pick up a horse he had never met before, Oh, and then that's nice. go to a yeah. an destination, and we had that's never stretchy. done that before. Yeah, how do you do? Well, he did really great. He's not a great traveler, and mm. he has a tendency to be uh, afraid of horses. He when he first meets them, he's like, "Oh, you're going to kill me!" <laughs> uh, but it uh, it went well. We offloaded. We did our thing. He was confident over his little tiny jumps the whole way around. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, we traveled home again. Um unloaded the Nate, the new horse, unloaded Nigel, it all went well. There was absolutely zero drama. Drama? What? None all day. Nothing None, to report. No no drama all day. The only drama was when our riding companion, uh Kim's horse named Elvis, which was awesome. <laughs> uh, Elvis had a little bit of an issue uh as we went up to the starting of start of the Hunter pace. A hunter pace is a timed cross country ride that you do in teams, and it's okay, an optimum time test, not a fastest time test. And as mm-hmm. we went as we approached the, the the starting line, you had to go through the separation between the the cross country course and the parking area, which was taped off with that that skinny plastic tape that surveyors use.
1: Oh yeah, uh huh.
2: And that
1: kind of pink and yeah. Yes,
2: exactly, yeah, the pig yeah. stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And there yeah. was one little section that had no tape, so you could walk through to get to the starting gate. And poor okay. Elvis, being a a good, well-mannered ranch horse, okay, <laughs> was fully cognizant of the fact that when you have two posts within six feet of each other, you can be pretty sure there's barbed wire between, even if you don't see it. Oh,
1: right. Oh, poor guy.
2: Poor guy. He was, he was guy. very, very concerned about that. And yeah. uh, his rider... Kim was very smart and he did not want to walk through that. And Nigel just strolled right through. He's a, he's never seen barbed wire in his life. He just walked right <laughs> through there. She just turned him around and asked him to back up, and he said, Well, sure, I can back up. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> he Isn't that just funny? So that was really the only drama of the day. And I thought to myself, what's different? What what happened differently here? Yeah. About all of this. Um, yeah. And I got to thinking about it and I think the biggest difference is I remembered to keep everything we did incremental in little steps. Okay. I didn't take anything and skip a step, and I didn't do anything in a different order than I normally would. okay. I was going to say, what does
1: that look like? So, in other words, you didn't assume that he was going to make the leap from what to what.
2: Exactly. Just because (laughs) you did these three tasks before— uh, doesn't yeah. mean in A, B, and C. Doesn't mean I should go and today do them B, C, A.
1: Right. Yeah. Because that's that. That's not how horses like to work. Especially one that you're you're you had Nigel what a year and a half now. How long about have you had that?
2: Him? Yes, about yeah. a year and a half. Mm-hmm.
1: And so he's still getting to know you. I mean, give mm-hmm. your horses some some breaks here, you know, that they are still learning your routine and and their routine together. So you were thinking that. You were thinking, I'm not going to cut any corners here. I'm going to take him through all the steps. What does that look like? Like, what's one of good examples that on the loading or? Well, for uh, example,
2: when we arrived at our destination, um, I unloaded Nigel first because whenever he goes away with Scooter, he always unloads first. Okay. Uh, Even though... Elvis was used to being unloaded first. When he goes away with other horses, we were very confident. Yep, Your trailer, that, yes. It, well, and we were very <laughs> confident that Elvis would be mannerly because that's oh, in Elvis's okay. nature. He's, he's very self confident. He he says, "I got you. I trust you." Whereas Nigel okay. is lacks self confidence. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and then when we loaded them back up, we loaded him first because he always loads first at home when we first. go away with the other horses. That was, that's what two of the things. And also when I, when I do load him, we always walk up to the horse trailer and he always has to kill the ramp with his hoof by beating on it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And he has big hooves. And he has giant hooves. And whenever we practice trailer loading, we always walk up to the trailer ramp. We beat on it with our foot and we step on it and then I back up. And when we step on it and then we back up so that we reaffirm that he can put his feet where I ask him to. It's comfortable. There's no drama. It just, this is the way it is. So mm-hmm. he, and he, he will move off the pressure of his dually halter. And I didn't skip yeah. that step when I loaded him. And I, I tend to do that because I get in a mental rush to get where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. sets him off mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. because he's like, no, no, yeah. no, that's not the way we do it. You always let me get on and off and on and off. So I feel confident that I'm not stuck. And then I go mm-hmm. and skip that step. He puts his ears back and he gets his eyes get big and there we go.
1: Yeah. Good girl. Good girl. So you're telling me that actually it's not Nigel. It's between your ears that it was working for you. (laughs) Of course
2: it is. He, he reaps the benefits, but I got smarter.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. We got to stay on top of them too. And you don't tie your horse in the trailer before you put the butt strap on and the ramp up and everything, right?
2: We we do not. And that, that's something I learned way long ago. And something that I've, (laughs) I've learned from Nigel that really works well for him and it makes sense Um. The horse trailer is not giant, so once yeah. he is in it, there's just barely room for me to stand in front of him. Okay. So when we bring him into the horse trailer, if we let him, and I, I, it's, I don't, I want to say ask because I don't ask. Let him keep right on walking right up past the chest bar, mm-hmm. so that his face is is his chest is past Smushed. where the the, the chest yeah. is past where the butt, the chest bar would be because we have it disconnected, and then we put the partition across and then okay. the butt bar and then ask him to take one step back so that the chest bar can be put in. He is so much more confident.
1: uh uh-uh. That's nice. Which is I love that you're you're figuring all that out for him. That's. Yeah. I hope listeners are listening to all these tips. I think we've given two good tips today, plus a lot of psychology. That was really good.
2: <laughs> there we it's go. Really good, and
1: yep. and then you have a happy day.
2: And then you we had a great day? day because we got it started right, and we didn't make any assumptions when we took him out on his ride. We let him be with his newfound friend Elvis, <laughs> and we Elvis helped him learn things as we go along. And something that. Nigel found intimidating would come up. Elvis was like, yeah, whatever. I've got it. And I didn't push him and I didn't get after him for being intimidated by something and wanting to slow down. It's like, it's okay. You can slow down. We're just going to keep going. And Elvis is going to go right past you. And I'm just going to say, keep walking. And if, and then he would go, oh my, it's okay with Elvis. So it's okay with me.
1: Yeah, that's the nice part about bringing another horse along with you, too. They yeah. they do lean on each other. I didn't, and I didn't you've get got, after
2: him for stuff. I didn't, there was no spurs, there was no growling at him. Just yeah. let him work it out.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, years later, they will remember that and they'll just be, you'll have lots of happy, peaceful days, yeah. which and is the, really fun.
2: The horse that the last time I took him out when he didn't have a companion and things weren't going well because I forgot to do a lot of steps, um, I couldn't get him within 50 feet of the water jump that time. Uh, yeah. This time yeah. just we were going through water and water and water, ah, and
3: water.
2: It was up to his bad. belly. Really? And, yeah, it was oh, right oh. up to his belly. My heels were getting wet.
1: Which good is, grief. Yeah, that's that, awesome. That's a lot of water because
2: he's 16 hands tall.
1: <laughs> I was going to say in Florida, where do you, I mean, uh, isn't
2: everything flat there? How do you get Well, the, a, um, body? the place where the Hunter Pace was has a lot of low-lying ground that you might want to call swampy, mm-hmm. Uh oh! but it has mm-hmm. a very firm bottom to it. You don't see once they hit the bottom of it, they don't sink up to their knees in mud.
1: Okay. Uh, but technically, yeah, so they don't worry it, about it. No, they yeah. don't.
2: It's technically, I think, swampland and poor Kim riding Elvis every time we came to one of these and the water is completely black. You can't see it. And it's completely, black and utterly black like ink. Every time we got there, she's from New York City. There's going to be
1: alligators in here. I know. I was <laughs> going to ask that, but I thought it'd be rude. <laughs> Were there alligators?
2: (laughs) She thought so. She thought so, but uh, the horses were confident and it all worked out beautifully. And I, I, I searched my memory banks going, what went different? And I think it was the whole, I really had a set incremental plan in place and it worked. Yay team.
1: Girl. Yes. Yay team. Yay Nigel team. I'm so happy for you. That's really good. And that's a really good example for all of us too, that if you're having one of those days, you know, get off. Smile. Down. Sit down under a tree. Yep. Think about it for half a minute. You know, mm-hmm. no, a couple minutes, and uh, both of you get back on on think track. So good idea. Yeah, take a chill pill, but you don't need to. You just uh, have to think about it. But mm-hmm. cool. Well, yeah. that's good. So so you know we keep learning, don't we? We never stop learning. Look at you. You've been in the horse business your whole life, and uh, there's just stuff to learn, even just about our muscle memory. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited today too to uh, to bring some old professionals in here. One's very young, though. One is very young professional, um, but she's been at it a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other guy, uh, Monty, has been at it for mm, 79, years so. um, 79 years or so. Didn't turn pro till he's about three. So I
2: think I think it's kind of cool that we have two generations. Yeah, and there's a generation skipping in between there, right? That's people yeah. who are extremely successful. And in Hannah's case, wise beyond her years, you can be involved and you can be a professional, whether it's a journalist or a horseman, for five years or 50 years. But if you keep learning, you're going to be a successful and wise professional. Whereas if you stop learning, it doesn't matter how many years you've been at it, you're not going to have the wisdom and the skill and the ability to give back that that person who keeps learning does
1: absolutely that muscle memory too. So we've got Hannah Selleck and Monty Roberts, and both, as we said, are Brook Animal Welfare Brook USA ambassadors. And uh, Monty being a global ambassador, and Hannah being one of the newest actually Brook uh, USA ambassadors, one of the young bucks that's coming up, and uh, and it has already had well. I, I, probably 15 years of experience at this point, at least. And, you know, we, we don't give credit to those young persons sometimes who are out there, not only competing, but also training horses. And she's breeding horses in this case too, that have, you have to give them credit. They're 15 years. They look young and they are young, but remember they've been at it for a long time. So we tend to discount that and think, you know, could they possibly, yeah, they could, they absolutely could. And we're, we're raising up this new generation of, uh, trainers that really care for their horses and you'll hear it in both. I mean, that's why they're at Brook USA and Brook, um, global ambassador because they, they do want to give back. I mean, it must be hard to be a celebrity's daughter. Her, this is the daughter of Tom Selleck who, um, you know, is interested in horses as well, but, uh, she grew up probably, um, You know, under a a microscope, a little bit that way. Sure.
2: Yeah. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that, that's got to, and that adds a a whole new dimension of potential stress into a person's life. Yeah. No wonder they get into horses because they need to de stress. (laughs) That's right. De stress. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. And I think it's really great that she's taking the success she's worked so hard to get with her equestrian career. And already at the very tender age, is already taking that and giving back to the, um, not just the equestrian community, but the world community through the Brook yeah. USA. That's kind of cool that she, that somebody's because so many of us. I mean, I'm just start. I'm just now in my fifties, and I'm just now starting to get two or three brain cells put together. Um, mm-hmm. That she's she's recognizing that and and taking yeah. it and and giving back versus taking that celebrity. For lack of a better term, because she grew up in it and she's earning it in the horse industry, and just keeping it for herself, she's using mm-hmm. that to do good for others. Yeah, and I'm finding that's
1: happening in this group of horse women and men too. Um, at this age group, there there seems to be a little centrifugal force there, which I love seeing because you know a lot, a lot of clinicians or people that are competing at a high level. They, they can be criticized. The horse, horse people can criticize. No, we're not they, judgy <laughs> at all. No, not judgmental at all, but they, 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 can get a few Facebook posts that are not so nice, um, it, to say, oh, you're just in it for the money or you're just in it for the uh, recognition of, you know, and you've got all the money to, to, right. you know, prove anything you want to prove or do anything you want to do. It for the ego. But,
2: sure. That, that gets for the tossed ego, around a lot. Sure. Yeah
1: for sure. But you know, if you peel back that curtain, you'll see number one, they don't get where they get competing without working really hard. Um I know they might have some advantages, but when the rubber meets the road, you have to do the work. And um and they can ride. These gals, um I'm I'm seeing, you know, the Jessica Springsteen's out there too and some of these people that um are working hard uh on horses and they love their horses. But um but Hannah I hold up especially because being Brook USA is hard work. I've seen the manual they require a lot of work. And, and that's a good thing because they don't just put, they're not just rubber stamping, you know, like some people are celebrity appearances for something or other. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's not that. They really are representatives of Brooke and everything they stand for. And if anybody doesn't know Brooke USA, it is 100% animal welfare. They're helping, you know, working equids over in India and Egypt, you know, they're, they're raising money and helping for that to be, Good, not you know, so that we um, save a couple of horses in the USA. This is r- this is real stuff: water troughs and you know, real practical stuff for horses They're around a great the world.
2: Organization because they they create sustainable yeah help for for emerging nations or even third world countries because some some of these places they go into you can't even call that emerging. There's yeah. no economy at all. Um, yeah, there's and not a lot of hope. Right, right, and they create sustainable. Yeah. Uh, efforts and projects and, and they include education and all all of that can then be passed down to their next generation. And then our second interview today, which is also with Monty, but it's a separate interview, he gets to talk to us a little bit about his trip to Austria to visit the Spanish writing school and. That, that's kind of a pretty big deal. So I'm very excited to bring that to everybody and learn a little bit about what's going on there and the great things that are going on that, again, will get passed on to the next generation.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I say yay to Hannah Selleck and yay to Monty Roberts for committing their time to do that. And you're going to love this interview because uh, we get to hear a little bit about what they're able to achieve given their um, status, but also their commitment to loving horses.
2: Cool, let's get to it right after this from Omega Fields. Your horse is your partner in sport, in leisure, and just in life. To keep him at his peak performance and optimal health, a solid nutritional foundation is key. Ideally, horses are able to graze fresh growing grasses, which most closely mimic their natural diet, but that may not always be possible. And we may need to supply some of those missing ingredients in today's diets and provide more functional foods. One component of a horse's diet that is often underfed are omega-3 fatty acids. While more prevalent in fresh forages, harvested forages are lower in omega-3 fatty acids due to their more advanced maturity. Obviously, grasses and legumes have to grow to a sufficient height in order to be harvested, while foraging patterns of horses show great preference for shorter less mature plants. That's why modern horsemen and horsewomen trust Omega Horseshine to provide a powerful, bountiful source of omega-3 fatty acids for their equine partners. Look for Omega Horseshine from Omega Fields at your local tack and feed supplier, or you can find them online at omegafields.com.
1: Hannah Selleck is showing at Grand Prix level and running her Descanso Farms breeding operation in California, focusing on producing top quality sport horses within the U.S. During her junior career, Selleck won the Team Silver Medal at the 2005 Preeta State's Junior Jumper National Championship. In 2006, she won the Team Silver Medal at the 2006 NAJYRC and then was reserve champion in the 2007 U.S.E.F., Hunt seat Medal Finals. In addition, she won the Platinum Performance USEF Show Jumping Talent Search Finals West, as well as a Team Gold Medal, Individual Gold Medal, and a Style of Riding Award at the FEI NHA YRC in 2008. As a high-profile equestrian active in the international arena, Selick hopes to raise awareness of Brook USA's charitable work and to make a difference in the lives of working equines. Well, welcome, Hannah Selick. I'm so excited to have you on this show. How are you?
4: I'm well. Happy to be with you guys today.
1: Well, thank you for taking the time out. You're a busy lady. We, are, um, we, we uh, introduced you as Grand Prix level, so everybody knows that you are in the middle of your summer and how busy you must be, and then also the farm, and you've got your business side of it, too. So you are keeping busy, but we wanted to just get to know you a little bit. We've we've mentioned that you're a Brook USA ambassador, newly named now, and so we want to know who our Brook ambassadors are, and we have um, Monty Roberts on the phone, too, who's a Brook Global ambassador. You want to say hi, Dad?
0: Uh, Hello. (laughs) Hi, Dad.
1: Yeah. Hi, Dad. Yeah. (laughs) 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 And I'm going to have you two talk a a little bit about the Brook after we get to know you a little bit, Hannah. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. Good. Okay. Well, I mean, one, the first thing I always like to know about a horse girl is uh, you know, the, the old saying of we're born with a horse gene. Was that you?
4: Um, I mean, I got bitten by the bug, you could say. Um, yeah. Around four years old, there was a local stable just down the street um, in Foxfield Riding School. So I started there and just um, developed the love for the horses there. My uh, parents had ranch horses uh, where I grew up on the, the property that they moved to actually the day I came home from the hospital. So, um, they didn't grow up as horsey people, but, um, definitely there was the equestrian influence all around.
1: Oh, that's great. So you didn't get in the horse business until you were four. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. (laughs) Well, you, you're, you're precocious and, uh, you've been competing now. Gosh. Uh, so if you were competing at 10, you've probably been at this for quite a few years before that. So 15 years or so. So who was your biggest influence, uh, so far?
4: Um, I've had lots of influences. Um, I mean, Nancy and Joanne at Foxfield, uh, Joanne Postel and Nancy Turrell, um, they were great influences and, and taught, um, a lot of horsemanship. And then, Uh, Will Simpson helped mentor me Uh, Karen Healy was a really big influence in my uh, junior career taking me to uh, indoors with all the equitation medal finals uh, pre-destates championship, young riders and then she um, passed me along to work with uh, Ian Miller, Laura Kraut Leslie Howard, Katie Proudhon who you you all take uh, you take something from each one of those
1: Great. yeah of course Teachers. yeah that is jumping royalty jumping yeah. royalty yeah. that you're involved in there that's great it's and it's jumping is no sport for the timid I, I know that we know will simpson from gosh dad how far back do you go with will simpson
0: oh my word it's about um, 25 years now that uh, i began to work with will simpson Way back in the early seventies.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So there's that was before you were born, Hannah. <laughs> way yeah, more, way before you were born. Yeah. So, so what got you into the extreme sport of jumping? I mean, besides these people, before that, you must have somebody dared you to jump on the back of a horse and go over a big fence. You no,
4: know, I, I think it was just the competitive nature. And i I'm, the first time I jumped was by accident. I just happened to point my pony at a fence and we jumped it. It worked out okay. So my teacher at the time decided that was a good day to start jumping. Um, And I had a a large pony that was a little bit advanced for me. So one of the older girls at the barn would show her and I started to see this girl winning on the pony and I thought I could do that. Um, So I think that's when I kind of got that competitive drive going and and um, it,
1: it's just been there. Yeah, it's usually either somebody next to you or somebody cheering you on. So I'm, I, I, I love that you were competitive from the start. So did your family kind of grimace and groan at first, uh, ask you why you weren't trail riding instead of jumping or anything like that?
4: <laughs> no, they just, I mean, they're both artists. My dad being an actor and and my mom a, a dancer and an actress in the theater, Uh, They just both encouraged me to find my passion. Um, It came down to actually ballet and riding at around the age of 13. Um, I had to choose because either I would have had to go away to ballet school if I wanted to be very good at the dance or, you know, solely focus on the riding just because the time that is needed um,
1: Mm -hmm. to dedicate
4: to one or the other to be great at it.
1: That must have been tough. How did you make that decision? Yeah.
4: I, you know, it just, I love the horses. It was, it was the connection with the animal and, and there wasn't really too much doubt in my mind that that's the path I wanted to take, but yes, you know, did really help, um, the body awareness for the riding. So
1: Mm -hmm. it
4: it helped that career.
1: I bet you, you have a great silhouette up there and I can, I can see the shoulders and the, and the dance. Uh, I, I can imagine that the balance and all that comes into play for you. And, uh, you have a great independent seat and, uh, and some beautiful horses uh, that you're on too. So how did you balance? I mean, we lose so many wonderfully talented 15 and 16 year olds, especially girls to the boys. So how did you, how did you keep that balance? You're a beautiful girl. So uh, how did, how did your dad keep the boys away? I guess is the question. I huh?
4: no, I just was dedicated to the horses. Um, I rode with Karen Healy all through high school at that time and, you know, indoors and, and winning or trying to uh, place well at all those equitation finals was important to me. So I think I just kept um, focused on the task and, and didn't really get too, distracted. They, my parents are strict enough, but nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, still, Good. I still attended prom and the dances and I never homeschooled. I, I stayed in um, regular school until I graduated. So it, it's possible to balance. It's just, I think you, want, you have to choose, which is a yeah. little hard as a teenager.
1: <laughs> no, okay. Well, you did it all the way through college. You went to college and got your degree, I think too, didn't you?
4: Yes, I ended up going straight through. I didn't just for a year. So my last junior year was my freshman year at college, which was a little tough um, because they did count attendance. Um, I went to Royal really American. So I couldn't miss too many days. Otherwise, I would be drop failed from the classes. So um, that, was, that was a bit tough, but it teaches you skills um, that you can use all through life. So yeah, I, I encourage, um, any of the younger girls I talk to, like, you know, encourage going to
1: school, trying to
4: stay in school, um, and just juggle both. Cause you learn more from, from that, I believe.
1: Yeah. Well, you're inspiring. You really are inspiring because there's a lot of people who would say, Hey, you could be doing 15 other things, you know, probably none of them that well, but you, you know, you could really be spreading yourself thin or doing nothing at all. And I'm glad that you're inspired. and and competitive to go down that road you inspired actually a question from we have a head instructor at our school and um our producer glenn can probably cue this up for you she is Irish, very Irish. Uh, Her name is Claire Conahan from Ireland, but she is um, right now uh, shepherding our school. And actually she's on the Gentling wild horse course with dad right now. And they've had two weeks almost till tomorrow uh, with some BLM Mustangs. And it's just been so amazing. And I was sitting next to her the other day and I said, do you have a question for Hannah? And she said, yes, I do. I'm glad you asked. And she recorded it. And um, so see if you can understand this. It's basically she was inspired by the brook as well and the brook is uh, as people know it was founded 80 years ago by dorothy brook in a, a lady from england um, but she was off in egypt trying to save these horses that had been left behind in the war and so claire's really familiar with brook as a as a global entity and of course dad being the global ambassador but um but brook usa is the one who's taken you on as as their ambassador and so claire wanted to ask you this question
4: Hi, Hannah. My name is Clara Cunahan. I'm a certified instructor for Monty Roberts from Ireland. I know that Old Bill was the horse that left the biggest impression on Dorothy Brooks' heart and became the mascot of all of her work. For Monty, it was Shy Boy, and for me, it was a racehorse called Slayer who inspired me to become an instructor of Monty's methods in order to help people and other horses like him. What was the most inspirational horse throughout your career
1: and why? Could you hear that okay?
4: Yes, I did. <laughs> um, the most inspirational horse I've had been lucky enough to have quite a few. Um, but the one I find that has the biggest heart that I relate to the most is, uh, my junior jumper Bauer, who took me from the meter 40 into my uh, first world cup qualifiers. Um, I won double gold on him, mm. um, at the young rider Finals, Um, and just, when you have a horse with such heart that tries every time it goes in the ring to um, jump a clear round and, and keep you safe and, and do the best it possibly can. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's such a connection. Um, and that's, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, the real inspiration there mm-hmm. for uh, these groups that benefit horses and, and working equines.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. I knew you'd have an answer. I knew you would have an inspiration and I'm really glad you shared that. Yeah. I'm really glad you shared that, but I am glad that you've, you've taken up the uh, reins of being an inspiring person yourself and, um, and, made the call to Brook USA to become uh, an ambassador and I know it's hard work people might think oh that's just a name tag you get to wear uh, but I've seen the manual <laughs> it's pretty extensive yeah. <laughs> what you do for them and what you promise to do for them and and I hope that you will inspire others I'm sure that will happen by um, by just being in that position so yeah. tell us a little bit about I'd love for to bring Dad into, into this conversation too, but first, tell us a little bit about what how you decided to become a Brook USA ambassador. We'll be right back after this word from Cavallo. Hi, Carol
5: Herder here, president of Cavallo, home of the world's most trusted and popular hoof boots. You know, one of the most interesting parts of what I do is the many horsey stories I get to hear. Most of them are really uplifting. Some are stories of challenges, and a few are downright sad. Recently a wonderful woman took the time to approach us at a show to share a story about her horse who went down in quicksand. It started out as a really scary story. We were holding our breaths, waiting for the outcome, and it turned out wonderful. They winched the horse out, relatively unscathed, albeit, you know, a little traumatized, and everyone standing around were super amazed that he still had his Cavallo hoof boots on. Scary story with a good ending. Another testament to Cavallo. If you don't have a pair for your horse, it's time. Cavallos are easy to put on, easy to take off when you want to take them off, and they stay on. They stay on in all terrain. Cavallo. The world's most trusted hoof boots.
4: Um, well, my inspiration. I um, did a lot of work in college with nonprofits, and I find that the show jumping world—how uh, it's amazing to be immersed in your sport—and what you do. Sometimes um, we lose, you know, uh, ideas of what's going on around us in the world, and that there's a lot of uh, people out there, um, that aren't as well off as, as a lot of us are and, and need help. So I just found the book to be such an amazing organization because it, you're not only helping people, but you're helping the equines too. And by helping the equines, you in turn help the people, um, which of course is my passion. It's what I love, So it's just such a great organization. And if I'm able to, raise awareness and get um, a lot of the the youth and the sport involved. And uh, Mm -hmm. I hope that makes them more conscious individuals that are inspired to go out and and help in the world.
1: Good. You are a good ambassador. That's a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) And do you want to go on one of their trips? I know that dad went to India and he can tell you about that. I uh, would love to go.
4: They're going to Guatemala. I can't with my show schedule um, Mm -hmm. in August, but hopefully the next trip I'll be able to make because I'm dying to go see um, firsthand um, the projects that are going Mm -hmm. on and and just really get that impact. um, Mm -hmm.
1: To go make more of a difference. Yeah. What, and I'll bring dad into this too. Now, dad, what was the impact on you here? Here you are at what, at that point you're almost 80, I think. Um, and you probably seen it all. How, how did it impact you?
0: What do you mean? I'm almost 80.
1: Well, no, at the time when you went to India, (laughs) I know how old you are now.
0: I see. When I went to India, um, I was about 80. Yeah, I guess I was 80. And, um, oh, was it impactful? Um, maybe Hannah would appreciate what I'm going to say, because what I noticed in India was that the entire horse industry was man-made and man-manned and, um, the women were really put to the back of the line. It was, um, quite a shock for me because when I was a child, if there were 30 kids in the class, 28 of them were boys. In the show ring. Now, yeah, that's true. 28 of them are girls. Mm-hmm. So the girls have taken over the horse world. There's no question Yay. about that. And I kept asking over there in India, where are the women in this thing? Why are these guys working a horse till the blood's running down to his knees from a collar mm-hmm. that doesn't fit him right? Where are the women in this thing? They won't do this. And I instituted a uh, direction for the brook to go whereby the wives took care of the animals at home and the men signed off that the wife could feed and care for the animal at home and that they would take the animals off to work.
3: Mm.
0: And what's happened is those women are starting to say, you will not treat little Freddy like this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Might be a little donkey with sores all over him, you know. And it's horrible, but the women are nurturers, they're carers of, and they will remain that. And I find that the women are much more responsible for keeping up the good health of the horses that we find in these third world countries. And the brook is heavily going into that area now, and we're taking in uh, female veterinarians and stuff to Mm -hmm. really, you know, emphasize the value of the female in the horse industry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you'll see that too, I think, Hannah, that um, it, the impressions that the ambassadors make, that you've come all that way to see their work. Uh, you know, you almost needn't say much. Uh, just the fact that you're acting in that way is, is just a miracle to them.
0: Yeah, it is. And, you know, a lot of them have read about me because my books have been translated into so many languages. Mm-hmm. And uh, they think of me as a celebrity. I'm not. I'm a cowboy, simple, plain. Um, but they think of me as a celebrity, so they kind of starstruck, you know. And when I say that the wife should take care of the horses, they're okay, okay. And uh, it
1: works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so is Guatemala probably I, the one you're going to go to, Hannah?
4: I don't think I'll be able to make Guatemala.
1: Oh, but they want- do it regularly. and. What, what's, what's the one that you think you can go to?
4: I haven't heard the options yet. Okay. Um, okay. The, bottom all, it's the, the one in the works right now, um, it just conflicts with one of my
1: weeks. Yeah. I remember Nick Roldan went down there and I guess Polo, um, he's, yes. he's Brook USA and, uh, I can't believe how many, they really have some awesome people in Brook USA now. It, it's amazing to me. Uh, and dad was, you were so fortunate dad to, uh to have a global ambassadorship early. I think you were the first one or maybe the second, but, um, but Brook USA is really, I mean, you'd think that USA, we wouldn't be as cognizant of so many international issues, but I mean, how is it, how is it that you have the impression that we really needed to help our international equids? They call them.
2: Are you talking to me?
1: Oh, sorry. I didn't throw, I threw that out to (laughs) Hannah first. Sorry.
4: That's fine. (laughs) I I mean, I just, it's such a a global, um, world now. Everyone's international. Mm -hmm. Uh, all the riders travel internationally. Um, so I, I don't really think of it as separate. Um, it's just helping the, the greater, the greater good,
1: wherever that may be. Yeah. Good. Good. That's great. Well, dad, any words of wisdom for Hannah as she embarks on her ambassadorship?
0: Yeah, I just um, would add to that one that my influence to Go Brook was um, instructors and students of mine in the UK that went on these trips to India and Pakistan and other countries and came back and told me stories about those places. And um, so I expressed an interest in them and the Brook said, we're making you the first Global ambassador, mm-hmm. and off I went to work. Yeah, um, I just I just got back from a, a polo extravaganza that uh, Hannah may know about, uh, which Nick no, Nick Roldan sponsored, and uh, it was just south of London in in England at a, a very swanky polo club. <laughs> um, and um, I, what I displayed there, Hannah, was how horses can help our veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress. And I had two veterans and they were just from heaven. They really did a good job and the people loved it. And William Fox Pitt even came around and said, Oh, I thought join up was this way or that way, but watching this, I'm all for you. And now we're putting together a meeting of Fox Pitt and uh, Charlotte Dujardin and Carl Hester, Um, we're going to try to get together also with Zara uh, Phillips, and uh, we're going to try to get a little more foundation under a anonymity of these disciplines to the extent that one respects the other and knows a little more about the other, and we can help internationally that way.
4: That's such a great, great group and great initiative.
0: Yeah, you know those names and um, they're they're that have really you know paid their dues and and done the thing that uh, horses would look for them to do, and uh, we're we're meeting their needs, I think. And I don't know if you know it, but um, Hannah, I don't know if you if you realize that I just came back from the Spanish Riding School in Vienna, where they have the Lipizzaner horses. Did you know that? Yep.
4: No, I didn't. That's amazing. I've always wanted to go.
0: Well, I'm the first human being in history that's been called in to show them a different way than they have done for 465 years. And what a a privilege that was, you know, a real honor to have them do that. And they took me in like a long lost son. They really (laughs) treated me with the greatest of... uh, respect. And, um, I think they liked what they saw and they're asking me to come back now and get into the training areas of the Lipitzaners.
4: Yeah. Wow. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. I think they saw harmony with the horses and I, I definitely think, I mean, Hannah's seeing it. I know in the direction that the Brooke is taking and harmony with horses is what won the Olympics for Charlotte Dujardin in the, in the dressage. And it's just fun to see people really looking at, at equine behavior now and wanting to partner with our horses and, um, finding that, finding that competitive and balanced as a partner too. Right. I, I think that's really what people are starting to see and, and actually grasp at, um, which is fun to see Vienna do that because, I can't think of anything more traditional than the Spanish writing school, as old as it is and as long as it's been around. But um, yeah, anyway, and, we, we and don't
0: don't think oh. there won't be critics standing in our way, Debbie. Uh, it, it'll happen. But gradually, the world is becoming more aware of the fact that uh, violence is not the answer.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. And we've got to get Hannah up there to experience a join up sometime. I don't think you guys are too I far apart.
4: To. No, would no. you?
1: I oh, think let's do that.
4: California now. So, um, okay. that
1: would be lovely. Oh, uh, we got to get you, you experiencing that.
0: Yeah. You don't carry a rifle with you, do you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, that, when your father he could, he could shoot a rifle and sit down and have dinner and then see who had hit four <laughs> miles away. I I couldn't <laughs> believe that thing. He's amazing.
1: <laughs> Is he a marksman? I didn't know that. <laughs> Well well we're gonna He's have Hannah He's a rifleman. D- He's a rifleman, okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna yep. have Hannah do a join up before before her dad does. How about that? And then she can notch her belt with something that he doesn't have yet. Maybe he'll be encouraged to do the same. Is he a that horse guy? Fun. Yeah, it would be fun.
4: He, he is. He learned to ride uh, for the westerns but wanted to do it properly and actually learn it. Um so he I remember when I was young he would help me with my uh, poorly behaved ponies with their ground <sighs> manners. Um, <laughs> and uh, work with them because a few of them were quite barn sour. Yeah. Oh. Right me ha- a little
0: ha- bit. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah did, did you know uh,
1: Dr. Robert Miller?
4: Uh, no, I did not.
1: He lived near you. And he, lives. I'm, she, he lives near what? you. He lives near you. He's still here. Yeah,
0: no, no, I know. But when <laughs> she was growing up, I think they were wow. fairly neighbors. And Dr. Miller was a veterinarian. He's retired now, but, um, mm-hmm. he was a veterinarian that developed uh full imprinting.
4: Yeah. Yes.
0: And, and I worked with him heavily on that, uh, when he was first learning his skills with imprinting foals at birth time.
4: Actually, and, uh, about now. Um, my, yeah, I remember my mom, I think you know, she worked with him or with his, um, material because mm-hmm. when we had our foals, our, we just bred our ranch horses, um, the Western horses, and we did all the imprinting
3: with yeah. the babies yeah.
4: at the house. I was quite young, but I do, do remember some of it.
0: Cool. Well, Dr. Miller was the one that the BBC brought in to oversee the medical needs of Shy Boy when I did the, uh, the Shy Boy documentary, which was to cause him to accept his first saddle, bridle, and rider in the wild with no fences or anything. And wow. Dr. Miller was the um, veterinarian in charge for the BBC on that. So wow. we have some mutual friends.
1: Oh, very Absolutely. Good. Yes. In fact, the 20-year anniversary is coming up August 3rd. Um, by the time people hear this, it will have Happened already, but um, there, there's a. It's been 20 years since the adoption in the wild, since the gentling, and Dr. Miller is coming back for a dinner at Flagstaff Farms, and you're invited, Hannah. There you go, August oh, 3rd so at the farm. Oh, it'd be fun. Uh, so people are coming from all over the world that were kind of involved in that uh, at the time and um, have a big barbecue. I didn't at know that. that. Yes. <laughs> well, you haven't asked, but yeah, no. Mom, mom and I are planning a party, so uh, okay. so be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And I can't believe it's 20 years. I cannot believe yeah. it's been 20 years. And the guy looks great. Shy boy looks, he looks not a day over 15, I'd say.
0: Oh. He's <laughs> He's same age big. as
1: Hannah. It's true. Well, in horse <laughs> years, a little bit older, but anyway. But th- yeah. Hannah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, um, you know, being part of Brook USA and definitely committing and setting setting the model for people out there who can help. And um, I appreciate your time here. And I hope you'll come back to Horsemanship Radio and talk to us again. Great. Thank
4: you for having me. It was so much fun. Good,
0: Good to Thank meet you me this way, Hannah. look forward to meeting you in person.
4: Likewise. Thank you. Okay. Bye.
5: Whisper the language of the herd.
2: Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call "Ask Monty."
5: Leave this world a better place. Than
3: the magic in the language of the Dear Monty. When trailering a horse, what type of halter should I use? I have been told not to use a rope or nylon halter or head collar, but to use a leather halter. The leather halter will break away in case of an accident. The others would not. Monty's answer. This is not only a good question, but I believe it that it suggests a very good frame of mind for a horseman. You are obviously quite concerned for the health and safety of the horse, and that is an admirable quality. Often people will talk a good game where these things are concerned, but then not bother to use appropriate procedures that will indeed improve the chances of your horse staying safe in challenging circumstances. I often say that transportation is one of the most critical areas in the horse's existence where safety is concerned. Regarding the need for a means of breaking away in the trailer, there are several solutions which I believe to be far better than choosing a breakaway halter. A very simple one is to tie a short length of baling twine to the tying up ring and secure the lead rope to this. This will allow the horse to break away as effectively as any kind of halter. Then when the horse is loose, he actually still has a halter
1: on. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says, get free horse tips.
0: Hi, I'm Monty Roberts. And I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider. It doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online, too, on our forum. And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at montyroberts.com.
4: What? The wide, wide world of sports is going on here.
0: Where in the world is Monty Roberts?
1: Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, in a lot of places. Ready? At the Equus International Film Festival in Missoula, Montana, September 14 through 17. And then jump to October 14. He'll start his tour at Easton. Otley College in the U.K., and he'll continue on in the U.K. October 20 at Hartbury College, October 25 at Maristwood College, October 28 at Loost Equine Center, November second at the Richmond Equestrian Center, November fourth at the Alnick ford equestrian center and then he jumps over to germany yep now we're off to germany november 9 ansbach germany november 11 nubalock germany november 12 nubalock again it's over the weekend two shows november 18th berlin and november 19th Berlin again, and we'll have all of that um, linked soon. They're they're not available just yet, but by the time this comes out, I think they will be. And then we've got some. Hey, plan ahead! That Gentling Wild Horse Course that Jen always talks about is July twenty three through thirty, um, or three of August. So it's a two week course, July twenty three through the third of August, two thousand eighteen. Gentling Wild Horse Course at Flagazette Farms, California, and then August six through ten. 2018, Monty's special training at Flag is Up Farms. Whew.
2: I suspect those things are going to sell out.
1: We're, that's why we're putting them up early, Jen. Thanks. <laughs> yeah.
2: Get in while you can. And you can mm-hmm. find all of that and so much more at MontyRoberts.com, the website. Or if you want to call somebody and ask questions person to person, you can call Flag is Up Farms at 805-688-6288. And they've got all the information you need to have. And for details about today's show, go to horsemanshipradio.com and we will have links, photos, and more information about our guests. And as always, we love your feedback. It helps us make the show better. So if you have a guest you'd love to hear from, a topic you'd like us to talk about... Head on over to Facebook, just type in Monty Roberts up there in the search bar, and you'll come right up, and uh, post your question, post your idea, and you can also follow Monty on Twitter. His handle is Monty underscore Roberts, and to listen to the shows, you can listen on your computer, and you can also listen on your phone. Download the free Horse Radio Network app for your iPhone or your Android. It's free and easy to use. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network, or you can subscribe via iTunes, Or you can just use your favorite podcast player like Stitcher or the like. All of those work.
1: Yep, they do. And many thanks to our sponsors, Omega Fields, Cavallo Horse and Rider, and Monty's Equus Online University. Be sure to visit the other great shows, too, on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours.